This is Andres from Double Tap, and you're listening to the MASHcast on Mash Those Buttons. Sixty of the Mashless Buttons Mash Cast. I am Jared, and I'm here with the scourge of Iron Forge and Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and uh, we are third list today. Um, a little bit of a scheduling conflict, but that's okay. Uh, we're gonna have Jorge on the show with us next week for all you uh, go to NRG fans. Uh, I'm still looking for uh, like a title for him to introduce him with. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna call him the Sherpa of Destiny. Because that's pretty much what he does. Once he figures out, uh, you know, how to get through a certain part of the game, like a raid or a tough boss, he'll go ahead and help other people do it. He he enjoys that type of thing. Nick's participated in our services. Yes, I have. You know, his, his services are very good. Yes, there you go. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, have a bit more. Actually, it's funny because I mean, it feels like we have a bit more to talk about this week than last week. But when I was originally doing the topics, I'm like, man, it's been a slow week, huh? It, I don't know. I think it was an average week. <laughs> it wasn't super slow, but uh, it wasn't like super exciting. Right. I- I'll give you that. Uh, so let's uh, hop into the news bites first, get those out the way. Um, so first of all, uh, there's a Mass Effect ride heading for a California theme park in 2016. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's just one more reason to get out to California <laughs> if you uh if you haven't been out there and if you're a Mass Effect fan. Yes. Are you you know, I I just want to say like there've been a lot of announcements. I know what they announced like a Nint- possible Nintendo theme park and a possible World of Warcraft theme park, and I'm even going to extend this to the Star Wars land that they're adding at Disney World, you know, cuz I used to play like Star Wars Galaxies and I was like, how is this not like like that was the cool thing about Star Wars Galaxies was like going and like checking out like, oh hey, here's the the old burnt farm from Star Wars where uh, Owen and uh, Baru died. And like it was cool to go check out those landmarks. And I was like, how is this not actually a place somewhere that I can go? Like, I know you could actually try to go to Tunisia where they filmed that. Although, good luck with that and all. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, I, I, it's, I think the most surprising thing about this is that it took until 2015 for people to realize, like, hey, we've got these imaginary places that people would want to visit. Why don't we capitalize on that? Yeah, so some, some dreams are coming true here. Uh, it's at, it looks like it's going to be at California's Great America theme park. Which I have, I I've been to Magic Mountain, but I've never been to Great America, so I don't know what the difference is between the two. But yeah, so that's coming. So uh, look out for that. Uh, Deus Ex, we we talked about that um <laughs> that DLC campaign they had, where based on how many pre-orders were done, uh, the rewards would be different. And it uh, looks like SquareSoft has, or Square Enix, sorry, has put the kibosh on that. 
And now I think there's just like a couple price points. And based on the price points, you get a different thing. That was just like, well, I guess there's what, well, I guess a couple would be too. Yeah, you either like just regular do a regular pre-order, you get like the collector's edition that has everything. Yeah, how actually do, is the collector's edition 150 bucks? I think so. I think that was the the highest tier. That's what has everything. So yeah, 150 bucks for everything. So if you're like me, you just uh, wait, you know, six eight months, and when Best Buy puts that bad boy on sale, that's when you nab it. What are you going to do with all those statues? They're on, I have a bookshelf full of statues. What are you going to do when you fill that bookshelf? I'm buying another bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> you ask, these aren't hard questions, Nick. <laughs> this is how things are done. At some point, you're, you're going to need to get storage. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at that, but thank you for your concern. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking at one of the statues now, and I just noticed, and I mean, I... One of my statues is from Halo Reach, and there's a piece of armor the statue's wearing that looks exactly like a piece of armor in Destiny right now. So I was like, huh, isn't that funny? But yeah, just, I never noticed that before until I looked at it now. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the last news bite we have is that uh, Twixit, uh, Twisted Pixel is leaving Microsoft. Uh, they were picked up by Microsoft in 2011. And then they came out with that uh, Loco Cycle, which was not well received, to be honest. Like, I watched it and played it, and I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess it's cool, you know? Uh, but yeah, that, it, it didn't do that great. Now, I haven't heard anything from Twisted Pixel since then, um, until this news. And Twisted Pixel made some of my favorite games. They made Splosion Man, Miss Explosion Man. And they made uh, Comic Jumper, which is, I, I think, it's such an underrated game. Comic Jumper. It was, it was so funny. I fucking love that game. So uh, they're back to being indie. And um, I'm hoping to see some great things from them soon. So uh, congratulations, Twisted Pixel. Microsoft definitely did not use you to uh, your fullest potential. Those guys are awesome. I've drank, I've drank with those guys before. They're cool. Uh, but yeah, let's um, get into our articles. Okay. So uh, a couple things coming up. Uh, there's been a video going around with Colin Coherd. Oh, Cowherd. Yeah, uh, nerd shaming. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. GameStop thinks the disc-based game is going to be around forever. So we're going to talk a bit about that. Um, there will be a way for you to get your de- Halo 5 split screen. Um, there's an article from Kotaku where uh, somebody is claiming that mobile gaming didn't cl- kill the Vita. Sony killed it. And then also... Uh, it looks like Sony wasn't expecting for so many people to buy PS4s. And we're, we're going to talk about that for a little bit. But we're going to start off with, an, uh, I guess, a marketing campaign uh, <laughs> that, that had some people upset at Polygon. Shocker. Um, well, no, it wasn't just Polygon that was upset. There, I think there were, there, there were some legitimate people who uh, didn't really care for uh, this campaign. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Uh, (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) all right so basically the the call of duty twitter account changed their names uh, changed their name to current event uh, current events aggregate uh and they released an update that says singapore authorities have officially announced a state of emergency and declared martial law uh and i guess it was it was a string of tweets i believe correct or was it yes no it was a a string of tweets it was a whole Narrative that they were telling. Yeah, it's basically, you know, some, uh, uh, I guess some, um, 
you know, all you know, fourth wall shit for uh, for the new game coming out for Black Ops Three. Uh, but the thing is, people thought this was real, and then they got upset by it because they thought it was real. They just saw something on their Twitter account, the Twitter feed that said current events aggregate or current events ag, and something about Singapore, and then they start looking into it, and then. Uh, I guess once they figured out that it wasn't real, they were upset. And, you know, like one person said, so, you know, Call of Duty has more than 2 million followers and it's faking news that could be devastating for those unaware. It's a video game marketing. Awful. Another one says, this Call of Duty Twitter stunt is so bad, so irresponsible. And the last one, this is this was a social media play nightmare. Anyone who, anyone within two weeks, oh, so anyone with two weeks experience in the internet should know how dumb a decision it was. Um, and I mean, I think <laughs> my my thing is like, why didn't you check the source? Anytime I see news, especially come across Twitter and, and Facebook, anytime I see news come across the internet, especially on social media, I check the source. You know, and the first thing I do, especially on Twitter, the first thing I do, I, I maybe it's just me, I don't look at the actual like the name of the account. I look at the 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 uh, account name, like the you know like the they their account name. Or screen name is at Call of Duty, and the name of the account is Current Events Ag. So I don't get it. <laughs> like, why didn't you notice that first? It would have been the first thing that I noticed. You're not wrong, but the problem is, I think you're giving the vast majority—not even the vast majority of Twitter users—but uh, I, I think you're giving people a bit more credit than they necessarily deserve. Um, because the problem here isn't so much the problem here isn't the average person looking and checking to see like oh hey this is you know like taking the extra 2 seconds to look and realize this is twitter but the problem is that there are going to be people who aren't going to do that and if you're going to be posting this if you're going to be changing your name and you know obscuring it admittedly to create a sense of fiction like you have to bear in mind that there are people who are not going to take that extra time to look at that and so to that degree, especially to be playing with real countries, I mean, you know, you don't know necessarily know who who's in Singapore, who's near Singapore, who might actually, you know, could potentially be affected by this. It's a bit un- irresponsible of Call of Duty to do that in that regard, that they don't know. They don't know how it's going to play. Like, it, you're, you're right. It should be obvious. And that's probably what they were thinking. Like, OK, like, OK, it'll say the news aggregate and then it'll still say Call of Duty. Anybody can figure that out. And even then, I mean, the person who wrote the article for Polygon still did admit that they figured it out because they, they wrote the article. They weren't, you know, screaming about actual injustice in um, actual injustice in, uh, in in Singapore. But really, this is. This is like uh, War of the Worlds back when when they aired that on the radio. And people thought, you know, they turn on the radio and they heard, you know, aliens are landing in New Jersey and they freaked out because you normally when you see that kind of thing on, you know, when you see that thing on Twitter, when you see that kind of thing reported and, and in both instances, when you have a media that you trust for certain types of news, when you see that kind of misappropriated for entertainment purposes in a way that you're not expecting. I mean, that speaks to the level of subversion that the marketing team played. I mean, they did exactly what they set out to do, but the problem is fundamentally, you can't trust people to know when you're not being honest. It's, it's, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not explicitly their fault, but it's not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's irresponsible. It's, it's, Oh, in a way, it's kind of like yelling fire in a in a in a in a, in a crowded movie theater. That it's not, you know, it's it's not technically wrong, but you shouldn't be doing that. 
No, it is wrong to yell fire in a crowd movie theater. You can actually go to jail for that. Oh, okay. Yes. Then, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, don't do that then. But that's yeah. my point. Is don't, I mean, but, but that's the kind of thing here is that uh, it, this is sort of like the social media equivalent of that. I don't, see, I don't think so. Like, you, you, know, you, uh, you, uh, you know, use that example for War of the Worlds. That was the first time that had happened. So I can understand that that was the first time that happened. But we live in a society where we've had Twitter for almost a decade. We've had Facebook for over a decade. We've had social media for, you know, over 15 years at this point. You, do, you have to know to check your sources. That's just a way of life now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That, that is just a way of life now. Like, you know, people who lived in fucking, like, you know, 1 BC, if they got hit by a car in this time, I wouldn't be too surprised because they're not used to cars. But now you live in this time, you look both ways before you cross the street. Because you're used but, to cars. But there are still people that get hit by cars. <laughs> <laughs> there are still people that get hit by cars. And that's usually somebody else's mistake. That's either usually the driver not paying attention or it's the person not paying attention. Right. Or a car goes out of control. But, I mean, like, for something like, you know, you put up a message out. And I'm looking at, okay, if you look at the Twitter card, it says current events at, at Call of Duty right underneath it. Yes. If you use the Twitter, um, let's say most people use Twitter on the phone, right? So let me grab, I'm gonna grab my phone right now. I'm pretty sure on every single tweet, it actually says the the screen name of the person who did the tweet versus just their name. I'm checking it now because most people use Twitter on their phone. Let's say they use the Twitter app. Yes, bam, right there. Another popular Twitter app, uh, Hootsuite. I'm looking at it. I'm about to look at it right now. Uh, yeah, right there. It actually uses it uses the person's username as as opposed to their uh, regular name. Uh, and then even in TweetDeck, it has their Twitter name right there. So one of the first things I would have saw is that Call of Duty was even mentioned in that in, mentioned in that space. And on top of that, like, are you seriously following that many people that you never noticed? You don't follow somebody called Current Events Aggregate. I'm not. I'm not. Say, I'm, I'm not saying that you don't need to be. I'm not saying that anybody with any modicum of intelligence couldn't immediately figure out that this wasn't real. What I'm saying is that from the from Call of Duty's perspective, they need to account for the people who don't have that modicum of intelligence to figure out that it's real. That's not their responsibility. I'm it, sorry. I know, but I, th- I think it is. I think I think that you sh- you shouldn't go around and you, I, I I think this is a misappropriation of Twitter. It's it's you shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing that. Misappropriation of Twitter. Twitter is a messaging platform. But not for 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 better messages than this. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's a messaging platform for whatever message you want to get out there. That's what it is. So, so that's what it is. You know, their first problem was their first problem was following at Call of Duty. Yes, yes. That's what I was gonna say. Is you should not. Just, the lesson here is just don't follow at Call of Duty. Yeah, like I mean, unless you're a Call of Duty fan, why are you following that? I mean, maybe just for news, but. Don't they send you enough press releases? Well, I know they do to me. That's probably why Polygon's following them because they follow. They, they have to follow everything like that. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's outside of the Call of Duty fans, but even then, aren't we speaking to a certain level of intelligence for the average Call of Duty fan? Well, yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like, you know, but still, like you, I think you, you're like, oh no, you can't. You you have to watch out for these people because they're just not smart. No, it is their responsibility. They it buy this- Call of Duty every year. I think that speaks to how smart they are. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's it's not it's not Call of Duty's responsibility uh, to tone down their marketing um, because these people just may not understand it. Like you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
as a marketer, you want to make sure that the lowest common denominator can you can get your message to them and that they can comprehend it. But obviously, this is a point to to gauge interest, to get interest. This is like it's clickbait, like you know. Yeah. You know, you won't believe what happens when this blah blah blah. You know, that's you, it's you won't believe what happened when this marketing team misappropriates Twitter for their nefarious purposes. But that's the thing, it's not misappropriation. They they sent out a message. It clearly says that Call of Duty. Like that's my thing. Like it, it's it is extremely clear. And just because people miss that, it's not their fault. Like you know, it's only a tacky stunt because you got tricked. That's why you're mad. You're upset because you're mad, Allegra. That's why you're upset. You know, Allegra and who else is down there? There were other people in there though that she quoted as being upset. No, it was Mark Lawson, Lavender Town, Marowak. Well, the- you should be upset over the name there, but huh? that's just a weird name. Lavender Town Marowak? I yes. get it. You don't get it? You don't play Pokemon. Oh, that's a Pokemon thing? Yeah. Oh, well, never yeah. mind then. <laughs> See? I, never did, I never did catch them all, so I guess I missed that one. See, you were like, that's weird. I'm like, that's no, not. That was a misappropriation of Twitter, that name. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they just proved my point for me. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is not Call of Duty's fault. This is, this is I, I wouldn't even call it tacky. Like, this is just marketing. Like, you know, like, oh, this is a terrible stunt. Like, this is not a terrible stunt. It's not a ter. It's dumb. It's just dumb. I think there's there's better ways to have gotten attention. And I suppose we should all mention what Call of Duty comes out, what, like November 4th or something this year? Yeah. So go buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And later on, they changed their, their account name back to Call of Duty. Yeah, and, and they had the little tweet at the end of it that said, like, this was a f- an alternate fiction set in the storyline for yeah, Black they, Ops 3. Yeah, they probably never even intended to publish that show. Like, really? These people are that bad? It's the, it's like the same. It's like the people who couldn't figure out whether I, whether or not the Wii U was a new console or just a controller. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> were you fucking not paying you're attention? Right. <laughs> you're right. These are the same people that we're talking about. These yeah. are the people that you have to bear in mind when you're planning a stunt like this. <laughs> if yeah. <laughs> there are some people out there who who just don't get it. That's it. They just don't get it. Yeah, that made me upset about the Wii U. Like, yo, like, were you not paying attention? Like, who's in controller? And the thing that bothered me most about that are the people on TV, like, or on the streams, saying that. Like, come on, guy, you, know, you are a games journalist. You should know. You should know. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame Activision for this one. This is I don't blame I don't blame Call of Duty for stupid people. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's move on to our next topic. Uh the uh talking about Colin Cowherd. Um, <laughs> Speaking of stupid people. <laughs> yeah. Now I mean I, I I I don't know who he is. This is the first time I've actually heard of this guy. Um Really? Yeah, it, I've never I've never Because he's 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 done this before. We might have talked about this before. I don't know. Oh no, actually no, you know, I think when he when he last talked about this, we might not have been recording. Oh, yeah, because that's the thing. I um, I don't listen to sports commentary and stuff like that. Uh, so that's probably why I wouldn't call what he did here sports commentary. No, no. Like basically, what he did was, and we'll have the the uh, the, the link in the show notes. Is he basically just made fun? Like he played the clip from Evo of um, I forget the players' names, but it was during the um the Guilty Gear uh, top eight, I believe where one of the players, he wins a round and then gets up and starts celebrating because he thought he won the match. Uh, but it, actually, the, the the game itself wasn't even over. Like There was one more round to be played, and so he got destroyed uh, because he walked away from his control and he couldn't recover. 
And so he plays that. You, I just want to say right there, you have given more context to the clip that he played than he did to that clip. Yeah. You, you actually set that up better than he did because he just played the clip and without any instruction. And the only reason I knew what was going on there is because I was familiar with the clip. So like I could see if you are just an average person who has never paid attention to esports or anything or even like, you, like, yeah, that clip made no sense. That clip would make no sense to you whatsoever. Yes, that's the thing. Like, you kind of have to understand what happened. Like, I needed some context. He gave no context to the clip at all. He just played it and made these dumb faces. And it's like, this is sports. This is esports. I mean, this is sports now. And then he had a little monologue about a little joke about you know what happens after like the po- the post game monologue where he you know they fictitiously follow the player back across the street and into his house into a room where no woman has ever been. And he eats a hot pocket, like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, besides the inaccuracies of what he said, because I was actually just getting ready to get into like, does he even know that this took place in like a hotel in Las Vegas? Like, this is it's 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 yearly and it's pretty big. But besides all that, like, he, it's it's nerd shaming. Like, he's taking something he doesn't understand and he's trying to make fun of it. I can't believe this is sports. And I mean, the thing is, he doesn't he can't believe it's sports because he doesn't understand it how to play it. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot there to un. Well, if if you, I don't even know if I want to unpack it. I mean, there's a lot there to unpack because one of the things he makes fun of is like, oh, and he has all Star Wars figures. Star Wars is very mainstream right now. Like, it's going to be one of the highest grossing films of the year. I mean, look at you know, if you want to extend that to like Marvel and stuff, and just general sort of like you know, talk about like you know, like nerds kind of taking over culture and everything. Like, for him to be like nerd shaming in 2015, like the problem is he's a fucking old man. Like, yeah. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Yes. Like, and in all honesty, I, I really, I didn't want to talk about this because I don't want to give him the fucking time of day. And it's, I don't know. It's like, just, uh, I don't know. It's, he's, he's, I mean, he's been very outspoken about esports before. He, he's been very outspoken about esports before because um, he even referenced how when he worked for ESPN and they had the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, was it, uh, Championship of the Dorm. Yeah. Here's the Dorm. Here's the Dorm. That's what it was. And they aired that on ESPN too. And he was, you know, crying about how they, were, you know, ESPN is airing esports then. And so, I mean, it, this is not out of this is not out of character for him to be attacking esports, so to say. Um, but it's it's one of those things. Like, just, just fucking get over it. Like, okay, it's not your it's not your cup of tea. That's fine. Because the thing is how I mean, how many people sit there and make fun of sports ball because they don't give a fuck about sports and that's right. all you fucking do. So, just you know, it's not your thing. Get over it and move on with your 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 old pathetic life. I even I shouldn't even say that. That's rude of me. It's very No, rude no, his old pathetic life, it's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I mean, like, it's it's one. I, I get. It. I mean, I, there's several people who you talk to that just like uh, they make these this face when they hear esports e- or people playing video games at tournaments. Just like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. Especially because they, they they especially older people associate playing video games with. There's still a stigma there that they play associate playing video games with uh, being lonely and uh, nerdy and you know stuff like that. When you're right, video games is extremely mainstream. It's uh, a huge entertainment business. Um, I'm pretty sure it's making more money than the movie industry, if if the stats are read are correct. Um, and it's more social than ever. Like, I mean, I have a friend who I play Destiny with, 
You know, he, he plays Destiny, and before that, he played Call of Duty. That's really all he played, you know? But other than that, he lives, uh, he, you know, he works for a bank. He, you know, goes out, everything's fine, but we play Destiny together. I mean, like, it's mainstream. It's just it's an activity now. It's, it's what people do. Like, instead of playing golf, you may hop on Destiny or play another game with your friends. You know what I'm saying? It's more social than it's ever been. But there's still, uh, you know, a, a huge stigma out there. And the stigma, over time, it'll go away. You know what I'm saying? Um, things like this take time. Like it, 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 honestly, I don't think there's anything you can do to stop. Like that. At, at no point is this guy gonna just be like, you know what, I was wrong, or just realize he was wrong. He's gonna have these thoughts probably until he dies. And even when uh, esports gets big enough that it's made, esports becomes mainstream. He's gonna be like, I can't believe this. Our country's going to hell. You know what's happening in the sports? That's gonna be his mindset behind it. No, but here's here's I think well one I don't think I don't expect him to change his tune anytime soon and here's why if you look at that video now that we, you posted that he he's posted to YouTube it's got 92,333 views if you look at his other just going to his page looking over the top listed videos there 2,000 2,952 views 398 views 7,600 views 694 views this one is like What's that? Almost like ten times, over more than ten times as many as the highest one there, and 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 so I mean he's gotten a lot of online attention on this. Now I don't know what his ratings are. I mean he's, he recently moved to Fox Sports. I don't know what his ratings are there, but clearly by trolling the esports community, it's worked for him. He's got a lot of people to watch this one video. Now the video is more disliked than it is liked. It's what two hundred thirty-one likes, three thousand forty-four dislikes. Of course, because everybody's watching this to be like you're a fucking idiot. But right, it's it, it worked. He got the attention that he wanted. We talked about it. Like I really, I, w- I wish there was a site that would host videos that y- you need to watch just so you you understand the conversation. But don't actually give him any credit. Don't actually give him any money. I think when I went to watch the video, there was an ad that came up before that. He got money for me to be yelling about him. Fuck him. I don't want to give him that money. I want that money back. Okay, so maybe I won't post the link in the show notes. No, post it because. Leave it. Le- 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 we can leave the choice to the viewer. I, I don't think there's any value in watching it, but if you're curious to see what it is, I mean, you could find it anyway. It's not that hard to go looking for, you know, Colin Cowherd is upset about esports, the herd on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I, think, I think we explained it pretty good, to be honest. We did. Like I said, I think we've given him. We've given him, I think, a fairer shake than he gave. the. He's given esports. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we were more profane about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the that's the plus of working at Mash those buttons. I, I pretty much want to say anything you want, almost, almost, except oh, that he... no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking I should pick up Last of Us for PlayStation Four. Why? Because <laughs> I don't have it. It's probably like twenty bucks now, right? Probably I mean, yeah. twenty bucks. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a good game. I'm sorry. You know, my, my, my uh, I don't want to get into it because it's not a topic. But my only problem with the Last of Us. It's not even the game itself. Oh, actually, I didn't like the ending. I didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was stupid. Can we talk about the ending again and just bleep the shit out of it again? No, no, no. I, I, I thought the <laughs> ending was stupid uh, for The Last of Us. But I, it was the reaction of the people who played it. Like, oh my god, this game is so good. The story is so good. Like, I'm like, just like, you know, the story, it was, it was gritty. It was grim. I get it. Just because the story is gritty and grim doesn't make it a great story. It was a good story with great voice acting. You know, it was a great story. It was a good story, great voice acting. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not that they just said the story was so good, but the, the, the game, The Last of Us, the game is so good. The gameplay was kind of, it was okay. 
you know, it wasn't bad. It was good, you know, but it wasn't great. It was like, well, a lot of it was uh, kind of like a, uh, a stealth type of game where you need to sneak around and take people out quietly because if you didn't, if you went loud, uh, trying to, you know, kill multiple enemies uh, might not work out that great for you. You know, it was, it was, it was like that. Like the gameplay was good, but it wasn't just an amazing game. People got so wrapped up in the in the story and it being gritty and things like that. They're like, oh, the experience is so good. I'm like, yo, what other like you haven't played any other games like that? Like, yo, go play Max Payne. Go play like <laughs> yo, fucking Bioshock Infinite. Like those games are like those games have better story and better gameplay than The Last of Us. You know, it's just I think that people get wrapped up in those gritty games because they don't play a lot of video games. To be honest with you. I mean, Uncharted had a better story and a, and better gameplay than The Last of Us, but Uncharted is more like it's more like Indiana Jones. You know, I, I heard Colin Cowherd liked the ending to The Last of Us. <sighs> I heard you should <laughs> shut the fuck up, Nick. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next topic, uh, which is GameStop thinking that disc-based games would be forever. Uh, so the uh, Paul Rains, the GameStop <laughs> yeah. CEO, says. Disc-based games will be around forever. End quote. Like, that is, like, what he says. Uh, he continues, uh, the market has seen physical music sales down 50%, and it's peak, uh, from its peak, and physical movie sales down 60% from its peak, but even in a doomsday scenario, disc-based games will be around for a long time. I see a complimentary, uh, complimentary business where we sell discs plus downloads like the current console mode. This is why, I mean, I don't know, like, this is why GameStop was in the situation that, that, that it's in, I, I think. Uh, I mean, the only thing GameStop, I think the, one of the only reasons like GameStop is still around is because of the secondhand market. Because, like, this statement right here shows you, can't, you, like, you have no vision of the future. Like, how many PC games did GameStop used to sell versus how many PC games they're selling now? Like, did anybody give him those numbers? I know it's significantly less. The only reason I will buy a physical PC game at this point is for a collector's edition. I have a physical edition of Heart of the Swarm that I actually bought from Best Buy. It's still wrapped up, but it's, it's the collector's edition. It has, like, an art book and shit like that in it. Only reason I bought it. It's the only reason to buy physical uh, stuff now is for collector's edition. But the PC community has shown once the community becomes comfortable with digital downloads, that's all you need. That, that's it. And uh, Steam had its troubles in the beginning. I think just like PlayStation's having now, just like Xbox is having now. But they ironed out those details, and now look, like I mean, Steam's probably the largest. It's still it's probably the largest retailer of PC games. Period. One store. So you you tell me a disc based games will be around forever? No. Once the consoles get digital distribution right. That's it. It's the end of it. Right now, the problem with digital distribution on consoles, from my from my view, is the fact that they have DRM on it. Uh, for example, uh, on the PS4, this is because it's happened to me. If you do not have internet access, uh, I you, sometimes you won't be able to access your digital games. I found out that, that was a bug because I got my PS4 and I um I uh, activated my PS4, but when my PS4 activated it did not set itself up as my primary PS4. And therefore, like I like when my game when I would uh 
log in when I log into it without internet access, I couldn't access any of my digital stuff. I actually had to do a workaround for it, but I actually I finally got it to work as my activated as my um primary PS4, and now it works fine. But still, that's DRM. They they do that because you can go to a, a friend's house, log in with your PS4 credentials, and then download games and shit there. And they don't want, I guess, they just don't want you sharing games that way. But yeah, and I, and I know on the Xbox, the uh, the digital games are also DRM heavy. So if you have to play offline, uh, it may not work properly, or it may not work at all. Once I think once the console developers, uh, you know, once Microsoft and Sony gets past that hump and loosens it up a little bit, I think that's when digital distribution will, will, will take off. Especially with preloading. Like, you know, if you have... That's one of the, the best things about uh, digital distribution, because I remember playing uh, Bioshock Infinite at midnight the day it came out. You know? Like, like uh, you know, I... Uh, 11.59 just wasn't from my computer. 12 o'clock, I restarted Steam. Boom, it unlocks. Bam, I'm playing Bioshock Infinite. Never had to walk out the house. Didn't have to go stand in the cold. Well, actually, it was kind of around the springtime. Uh, but you know, didn't have to stand outside uh, to get to get to get a uh, you know for a midnight night release or standing in any lines or anything like that. I think like he like he is like completely just oblivious to the fact that digital distribution is inevitable. You know. Now I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask, like, who's the stupidest person that we've talked about today? Is it, well, is it the 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 Call of Duty fan who thought that the marketing feed was real? Is it Colin Cowherd just for being a complete and total doucher, or is it uh, Paul Rains for believing that, or at least I, I should say, saying that disc-based media will be around forever? It's Paul Rains <laughs> by far. See, I feel it's a lot closer. <laughs> at no, least, at, at least, at least, I think that Paul Rains is, is, is if, if if he actually believes what he's saying here, I feel like he actually would be the kind of person who's like, "Oh shit, Singapore's under attack." So here, yeah. Well, here's the thing: the people who thought Singapore was actually under attack, they might have actually missed where it said at Call of Duty. I could give them that. Um, Colin Cowherd, he's old and he's set in his ways, kind of like a racist. So, like, I, I, I'll, I'll give him that. You know. Uh, this guy works in the industry. His job is to look around and see what's going on. In the He's a fucking CEO of GameStop. He needs to be looking out for dangers to his current business model, and it feels like he's not. You know, I mean, if you look at certain like um, certain certain games, like uh, I'm trying to think. Somebody mentioned it in the comments. Let me see if I can find it. I think it was like a there was a game he bought. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, he said that he he bought a physical copy of the latest Tony Hawk game, five gigabytes on disc, seven gigabyte day one patch. Okay, and actually the Metal Gear Solid uh, Five, the PC physical version, the disc had nine megs of data on it. It was the Steam installer, not even the full Steam installer. It was the <laughs> it was the executable that pulls down the Steam installer for you on a full disc. You know, Destiny. Just had a 17 gigabyte patch, you know. Metal Gear had a, uh, a I believe, also a, a 7 gigabyte patch as well. If I, uh, well, that's if the source I found was actually correct. That may be incorrect. Um, that I'm looking at again, but that's the thing. Like we, we're already in a digital era where actually, how many, how many times? Well, I mean, Nick, I know you don't buy that many PS4 games, but you know, how many times have I come home to 
popping a game just to have the game need to pull down a gig or three gigs of a patch before I start. I'm surprised how often I... I, sh- well, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm surprised how often I have to do that just with Destiny. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, we're already, like Destiny is already way, well past um, what, what it put on the disc. I mean, even if you bought the Taken King, like the $60 Taken King, you know, uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, when you put it in, when you open up the box, you put you put in the Destiny disc. That's only vanilla. That's, the, that's vanilla Destiny plus the two expansions. Actually, no. I'm sorry. That's the vanilla Destiny disc. Then you have to put a code in for the take to get the Taken King and the two expansions, and you download those. You know, for those who don't realize that the Taken King did not have a physical version of it. There was no physical version of the Taken King. It was it was it was digital download only, which is why it's the largest. Uh, uh, day one digital download in Sony history. That's because there was no physical copies of the game. You know, so the 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 console manufacturers they want people to do digital distribution simply because they can cut out the middleman. They don't have to deal with GameStop, Best Buy, Target. They don't have to deal with those guys. They can deal directly to the consumer. The only reason I think Sony is really playing nice, nice. Uh, the way they have with the physical discs is because they saw the reaction to Microsoft wanting to get rid of them, period. You know, people so concerned about sharing games with their friends. And that's, like that. I mean, I, I guess that's another reason to buy a physical disc if you want to. I don't share games with my friends because all my friends have jobs and they buy their own damn games. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's... I, I, I'm just... So I, I don't know if he really believes, believes this or not, but I do believe by far this, this is the... This is just... It feels like he's completely oblivious to what's actually happening. The PC community has already moved on. It will not take that big of a shift for the console community. You know, just for shits and giggles, I just did a quick search to see uh, when the last time somebody from Blockbuster said, we'll survive, we'll be okay. And it was 2010, I found a a quote from uh, their head of digital strategy. Uh, saying we're better, we're strategically better positioned than almost anybody out there. Never in my wildest dreams would I have aimed this high. And so that was that wasn't even five years ago. And where's Blockbuster now? I don't. Where is Blockbuster? I know they exist in some fashion. I'm pretty sure they're dead. I thought they were dead. Let's see, I think I'm pretty sure they they exist in some. If, fashion. if they exist in some fashion, it's as yeah. They have an on-demand service. Do they really? Yeah, but the, the thing is that somebody probably bought the company and just, like the name. Yeah, yeah they're not the, they're, they're not the blockbuster that they're not the blockbuster remember. that I'm referring no, to. No, Let's no. put it that way. No, blockbuster on demand, like blockbuster now. It's called. Yeah. If you, but, if you go to blockbuster.com, there's a little website. Ooh, this is it's so sad, Nick. Exactly. It's exactly. so sad. <laughs> Actually, their their copyright has hasn't been updated since 2014, but it's blockbuster it has all the logos and shit. It's an about us news PR on demand, which is their only service. Terms and conditions. Contact us. FAQ. This is so sad. <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. Blockbuster to end domestic retail DVD by mail services because Netflix. The, it was too late by the time they actually hopped onto that. Yes. Oh, look at this! Like Blockbuster's future. Here we go. Dish will retain licensing rights to Blockbuster brand and key assets, including the company's significant video library. Dish will focus on delivering the Blockbuster at-home service to Dish customers and its transactional streaming service for the general market. Blockbuster On Demand. Blockbuster at-home service offers over 15 movie channels, including Stars, 
Blase, 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 blah, 20,000 movies, TV show streams, the computers and iPads, blah, blah, blah. There's an app. Yeah, so basically Dish Network bought it, and they just, I guess they had a service, and they rebranded it as Blockbuster. Oh, man. When you see a giant fall, man. Mm-hmm. When you see a giant fall. And, and, and what pride goeth before the fall, and this would be pride right now. <laughs> yes, this is... I don't know. Like, who knows if he really believes that? He might just be trying to put a a, a a straight face on. I mean, as a company, I think GameStop can continue to operate. What who I'd be more concerned about are the employees. If I was a GameStop employee, actually, if you're a GameStop employee, you should always be looking for other employment. To be honest with you, um, but as a GameStop employee, I can totally see them downsizing. Their stores, and just continue. They can just keep downsizing until they basically become carts and malls. Like, there's no reason to have a whole store if you don't have any physical media, you know. Well, which eventually, I think that's gonna like that's gonna go. That's gonna die off. Well, I think there there's probably a market, and maybe this is what they can kind of hang their hat on for, you know, like uh, you know, old game, old games, basically, like. You know, like like if you want to go and play, you know, the old cartridge-based games. I mean, yes, there be you know, you constantly see them being like you know HD remixes and stuff. But I think they can find a niche, maybe you know, like you know, selling old you know Nintendo game Nintendo games, old you know anything up to the PS4 at the very least. You know, whatever old systems they can get their hands on and remarketing them. Um, I think there's definitely a place for that. But it's not. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't really see them thriving at all going forward. So. Yeah, I mean, if, if he means like, you know, there'll always be disc based games somewhere on the planet, sure. <laughs> you know, there are some places on this planet where disc based media is still kind of, that's what they need. Like, you have to have it. But I think in most major markets where they're making the bulk, the bulk of their money, that is not the case. You know, sure, some places don't have internet access, 100% true, or the internet access is so slow that they really can't do anything about it. I know there's places in Africa where sending message by carrier pigeon is faster than sending it by internet. Yes. Um, so like, that is totally true in some cases. So is GameStop going to relocate to those areas or those markets whose internet is so slow and try to sell disc-based games there? I'm pretty sure most of those markets um, have bigger problems than video games, than downloading their video games. That, and that's the thing. If where you are... Does not uh, has really really terrible internet, um, like you know pi- where pigeon net is faster than your internet, then uh, yeah, I think you have uh, you probably have bigger problems or you have other things that you're worried about other than video games, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Like this guy just seems deaf, tone deaf here, but he may know. He may know. He may be p- preparing his golden parachute, uh, preparing to close down a bunch of GameStop stores. Like you never know. I would be more concerned if I was a GameStop employee rather than this guy, because this guy, he is going to be rich for the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, he's gonna have yachts and cars and boats and shit like that. And it's it's always people who are underneath him that you know get get the uh, the shaft. So yes. yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say one interesting side note. It, Paul Rains was also a character on Twenty Four. He really? was Audrey Rains' husband, I think, in like season four or five. He died. Is like everybody dies on that show. Oh, I stopped watching it. I think in the fourth season. Yeah, I stopped watching twenty fourth fourth season because I realized 
season one and three were the same, and season two and four were the same. Moving on, though. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. A little, little interesting side note for you 24 fans out there. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Nick. Uh, so, there has been some complaints because uh, about Halo 5 not having split-screen baked into the game, split-screen co-op, because uh, kind of like a staple of the game. Uh, but there is a company that has a device called Screens. That's S-K-R-E-E-N-S. Um, so it's Z. It's S? It's S, yeah. I'm looking oh. at the uh, video. It's S. Oh, I guess we're not in the 2000s now. So yeah. So you can use an S instead of a Z. <laughs> yeah. It's called Screens, and you can actually... You you know, you you can't split screen on a single device, but you could take two different devices, like an Xbox, like two Xboxes both playing Halo 5, and connect them to this device, and now you can split screen on one television. So it's kind of kind of an answer for those players that want to do that, but at the, at the same time, you still need to have uh, you still need to have two Xboxes in your place, which... Well, wasn't that how, like, the original Halo multiplayer kind of worked? No, well, for, you can have up to four players on one screen uh, with the original Halo multiplayer. You can network, I think, up to eight Xboxes together. For for a Halo multiplayer, was it eight or was it four? I can't remember. It might have been. It might have been four. You can upload because actually, what I worked the best by, we did that one night. We we had a game night where we went in there and we hooked it up to the big screens and we played. Everybody had a great time, you know. Um. So yeah, like it's uh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like it, I th- I think it might actually be eight. I'm gonna have to look that up. I just don't feel like looking it up right now. Um, but uh. Yeah, the uh, you can hook up like multiple. So you have like you know four people per screen and four different Xboxes. You get an eight on eight multiplayer in Halo. Uh, now you know you would have, if you wanted to do that. If you wanted to have sixteen local co-op, sixteen player local co-op, you need to have sixteen Xboxes. Which uh, that's a lot of money to be in one place. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, Video gaming, at least, but yeah. So you, this video does like it shows it can do exactly what you want it, uh, but yeah, it, it's still not baked in, and I, I don't think they have a price for this thing yet, do they? Don't think so. No, or no, no. Actually, yeah. no. I'm sorry. They do. They do. It's like I think it's like two hundred dollars per uh, two hundred dollars for the two, uh, for, the, for I think the two input unit. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it. It's, it's it starts at one hundred eighty dollars for early birds. Like if you if you get in now. Uh, but the two units, $200, but they can get up to $500, it looks like. So you must really want to have, like, like Halo. Like, I really don't know what else you, you want to use this for, um, except maybe if you want to watch, like, because you could do, like, a picture-in-picture type deal, too. So maybe if you want to watch some TV while playing a game. But if that's the case and you're playing Halo on your Xbox One, the Xbox One can do that now. You know? So I'm, I'm very curious as to who they're targeting at. Um, I mean, I guess I, I wasn't just talking about the, to, 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 to break the news about the device. Uh, me and Nick, we had a little disagreement about whether it was necessary. I am not a fan of split-screen co-op. After online multiplayer, like, I'm not, like, you know, go, playing GoldenEye was the one thing. Playing early Halo was one thing. But now, I, maybe it's just because, you know, I'm older now. And, you know, uh, you don't always have time to meet up with people. I just, I don't think it's a necessity. I know somebody who did cancel their pre-order for Halo because it didn't have split-screen co-op. 
So obviously it's important to him, but for me, like, nah, not really, not at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, th- I think it entirely depends on your living conditions. Like you, you're, you know, you're an older guy, you have your own apartment, uh, you know, like you're, 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 you're not like your, your social gaming is, is pre- predominantly online. But I, I, I think especially for younger people who, you know, if, if, you know, you're a kid at home with your, your siblings or if you're at college with, you know, especially college where you can have a bunch of people, although they're, although they're everybody would probably have their own console anyway. You, it's not so hard to hook them all together. But yeah, if you're like at college or something and you want to throw everything into, you know, if, if, if you want everybody to just gather in somebody's room and just pass the controller around like that kind of multiplayer, that, 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 uh, that situation that fosters, I think, that kind of multiplayer. They work together very well, and it's not for everybody. And I, I, I get that. And even then, for for myself, like I'm kind of in your situation. I don't really have anybody to play with locally, but that's still fun to do. That I mean, especially that's one of the nice things about going to play, you know some of the conventions, going to some of the uh, the FGC events where you've got everybody all around watching, you know, watching people playing together, watching. You know, in interacting, it's not just the two people who are playing in those fighting games that are involved. I mean, everybody, all the, the, the spectators are involved. And when you take away that aspect, if it, it's not as fun, if, if, if only one person can play and you have to pass the controller around, um, there's something lost there. And I guess, I mean, it's one of those things where I think especially I think most developers would tend to fall into our living situation more, more so. I can't imagine any anybody working on Halo still like lives with roommates, <laughs> yeah. or at least anybody working on it on a high level. You know, right. still lives with roommates and 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 is in that situation. I mean, if anything, the developers might have kids that they can see, like, oh, hey, they're fighting over a controller because only one of them can play at a time. You know, but um, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things. I feel like it should be included if it can be, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly why that decision was made. Uh, it, I mean, they're saying that. Doing so would have affected frame rates and, and and stuff like that. But at that point, if you're playing with somebody else, you don't care about the frame rate. All yes, you, you care about do. Is, no, because if I'm going to be a graphic snob, I'll be a graphic snob on Bullshit, the single player Nick. mode. Bullshit. No. no, no, no. My turn. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. Because okay, when you do split screen multiplayer, okay, you basically have to render the screen twice. Yes. On one interface, okay. okay. Halo is is already going to play at 30 frames per second. Okay, when a game plays underneath 30 frames per second, there is a noticeable difference in how it looks. Like, it's not like movies where you can play them at 24 frames per second and it makes it look better. You know, it makes it look rich. A game at 24 frames per second looks choppy. It looks blocky. Like, the movement is not that great. The, the, the movement, like, because you're actually controlling the movement, it's a big deal when you play sub 30 frames per second. You know, especially if you have dipping frame rates, like if the game is supposed to play at 30 frames a second and then it's fluctuating between 20 and 30, that is extremely noticeable. It was one of my biggest pet peeves with the PS3 toward the end of the console cycle because a lot of the games would do that when things would happen. Like it would fluctuate between 30 and uh, 20 and 30 frames. That is a big deal and players would be complaining about it. If they couldn't figure out a way to get a steady frame rate at 30 frames a second, or at least close to it with Splitzer and Co-op, that, that's a huge concern, and they probably just dropped it. But see, that's the thing, though, is I think, I, I think if you present it in the, situ- in the terms such that you can either have your, 
you know, your, your split screen co-op at sub 30 frames per second, or you get no split screen co-op, I think everybody that's bitching would rather have the split screen co-op. And if, if the performance suffers, the only people who are going to notice are the people who are clamoring for the split screen co-op. So, I mean, you know, you, you who lo- loves your frame rates and generally plays alone, it would not affect you at all. No, no, no. Because the thing is, I think there's more people who would complain about the, the dipping frame rates than the people who do the, who, than the people who, even the people who were doing split screen co-op, they would complain about the frame rate. They no, wouldn't be like, well, that's the cost we got to pay for split screen. They wouldn't say that. Well, then they're, then they're stupid and they should unfollow Call of Duty. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, the developers know that you're either gonna have you know people unhappy, or you're gonna have people unhappy. Like that's, that's the thing. They went with the lesser of two evils. Like they're just like we're not even gonna give them a, a chance to experience that shit. You know, because you know exactly what would happen. The uh, reviewer would get it. They play the regular game, then they play split screen co-op, and there's just shit on how bad the split screen co-op is. And then people are like, "Ooh, fucking 343 doesn't care about split-screen co-op. Why even bother putting it in? That's why I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But they're getting it either way. Because they're still getting 343 doesn't care about split-screen co-op. They should have fucking put it in. They are, but now they're not getting them. At least they're not getting the the frame rate dropping thing on top of that. You know? Because still people will play it and then complain about it anyway. I can't believe I have to play split screen co-op like this with frames dropping. Like, just say yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Meet your friends on the internet. Okay? Just meet them I, on the internet. I, I guess I have to say buy screens. <laughs> I don't necessarily, you know, want to say that. I mean, the product looks good. It's Kickstarter, so, you know, the usual, uh, the usual uh, administrations stand, but... No, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, in general, and I, and I, and if, if, if there's a specific reason why they couldn't do it in this case, that's fine. I get that. But in general, I'm a fan of, you know, put in, uh, put in, uh, put in, put in, put in the, the multiplayer when you can. If you can't do it, then that's that sucks. Nah, they they have a solution now. They have a, they have screens gave them the solution that they that they need, and there'll be no frame loss. Okay? So everybody's happy. Not really, because you got to spend $200 to get it. Pretty much. So. Yeah, all right, let's move on to our next topic, uh, which is, uh, well, last week we talked about Sony saying that the, the climate wasn't good to have a Vita successor. And there's an article on Kotaku where um, somebody disagrees, saying that, uh, well, not that they disagreed, but they said that, you know, mobile games didn't kill the Vita. Sony uh, killed the Vita. That it's Sony's fault. Okay, and he went through, he listed a bunch of things. He said, you know, Sony, they decided to gauge uh, or gouge their customers by forcing them to buy memory, like proprietary memory cards, which were expensive. The 32 gigabyte memory card was $100. Okay. Um, now, if you bought the, see, I bought, both times I bought a Vita because my first Vita got stolen. I bought the higher level Vita, so I actually got that as part of the package, the 32 gigabyte card. But yeah, if you bought the, the standard price one, it was $100 for a 32 gig card. Um, Sony also, uh, the games, like even if the first party games that Sony put on there, even not even the first party games, but some of the third party ones, um, just weren't that good. Like Uncharted Golden Abyss wasn't that great. Call of Duty Classified wasn't good. Um, Resistance Burning Skies also wasn't good. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, my favorite Vita game is Killzone Mercenaries. Killzone Mercenaries was better 
than Killzone Shadow whatever that came out on the PS4. Much better, actually. So that game was, I play a game, you know, if I'm on a trip, I'll, I'll play it every time. I've beaten it like four times now, to be honest with you. Uh, so yeah, uh, but yeah, they, their, their, their first party titles or their major headers weren't actually that great. Um, the, the games, their sub, not sub games, but their smaller titles are the ones that are actually really, really good, like Gravity Rush and stuff. Uh, so, you know, he says that a lot of gamers realize that the Vita was fantastic for machine for indies, like we said, the smaller games and the Japanese games. So he said Sony, instead of, you know, catering to that audience, he, they decided to just pivot as a, make it say that's a portable accessory for the PS4, um, you know, which you can play Destiny on, on the toilet, which to be honest with you, I actually have played Destiny on my Vita, like while I'm watching TV. I have played Destiny on the Vita, like, you know, being doing my daily stuff. <laughs> and it it does play very well on the Vita, but that's not the way to market it. Um, it was also a good uh, machine to play, like, PS1, you know, old, old PS1 and PSP games on. And Sony ignored that as well. They ignored it, and, and they didn't really, uh, you know, push having some of the classic games on there. Uh, there were I don't think there were any PS2 games on there. Uh, Bioshock Vita never came out. Uh, Sony pretty much pretended to be that it didn't exist at major trade shows and conventions, um, which is kind of true because I remember like I think the Vita had, I think when the the year the Vita came out at E3 they had a showing for it like a little segment for it, but that was it for like the year. And um, Sony actually said that they're no longer making Vita games like for at least first party games. They're not they're not really making Vita games anymore. So why would people buy it? If you like, if you read the article, he has a good point that you know Sony really never put their full weight behind this. I think they were worried about spending money on it and getting burned. But the bottom line is the Vita was a, an amazing console. The Vita, the Vita was an amazing console. I love it. I still like when I have to pack a uh, you know a, a system to take with me. I always take my Vita. If I don't take both, I, if I want to take either or, I take the Vita over my uh, 3DS. To be perfectly honest, because the I just enjoy playing the Vita more. I have better games on the Vita than I have on the 3DS. Um, Sony they really should have leveraged their first-party titles and made them amazing, as opposed to having this be like an afterthought just in case you wanted to play a handheld. I mean, he was mad about the PS2 games, you know. Actually, he was mad about the porting for the PS2, PS1, and PSP games. And I kind of understand Sony's point of view on that because you can't just port those games. Those games, like, it costs money to port those games. Like, it's not easy to do. You, you know, you don't just put, like, a, a small team on it for a few months and the game has been ported. Like, that takes a substantial amount of time to get that to work. And uh, so I kind of understand that, but. Yeah, it really just doesn't. It really doesn't feel like Sony put their weight behind it. Like I said, they they just put it out there and then they let it flounder. They were waiting for it to catch on and then they were gonna put some weight behind it. But it was too late. Like you gotta give people a reason to play it. You know, like, people buy Nintendo handhelds because they know Nintendo is gonna have some some heaters on there. And that's and that's what I thought. The one interesting point that he made was that the the 3DS struggled at launch, but Nintendo stayed behind it and kept support of it. And eventually, the 3DS came around. And you never saw that with Sony, as far as trying to trying to rally the Vita. They kind of just they kind of just gave up on it. Yeah, they did early too. Like I mean, 
Even with Gravity Rush, man, I didn't see much advertising for it. I barely saw any advertising for the Vita in general, you know? It's like they, they, it's like they didn't believe in it before they pushed it out. And the Vita is like, it's a power, it is a very powerful system, man. It looks like a PS3. Like, this, it, it looks like a PS3. You were playing PS3 quality games while the PS3 was out. It was the same way the, the, the PSP was, where you're playing PS2 quality games while the PS2 was out. I think the only real difference was frame rate with the, P, with the PSP. You know. But yeah, it's, he, he's right. It, it is Sony's fault. Sony did not, you know, they did not push this, this console the way they really should have. And that's why I died. So I think uh, Nintendo's going to be left alone for some time in the handheld space. I, I, I guess, did, did Sony ever really want to be in the handheld market? Or did they just feel like we're competing against Nintendo? And Nintendo, you know, has been so successful with their, you know, line of handhelds for so long. Then we need to, you know, have a video game representation in that space as well. And... I don't know. It just, it just seems like they, 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 they felt they were there because they felt like they needed to be there and it didn't ever really serve them to actually be there. I don't know. I mean, I think they wanted some of that, you know, some of the pie Nintendo had. And then I guess they just didn't, they just thought, well, we'll make a handheld. We'll push better graphics on it. And that's it. And they don't realize they didn't really, they actually didn't even follow the strategy they followed for the PS1. The PS1 was so successful because of the titles on the PS1. Like, you know, Nintendo was pushing out great titles, which separate them, separated them from everybody else they were beating. But not only did Sony the, and the PS1 push out great titles, but they pushed out great titles for a wider array of, of people. You know, more adult titles and things that just Nintendo wouldn't do. And with the PSP and with the, uh, with the PS Vita, they didn't push, like, they didn't really push the titles. They just pushed the hard, put the hardware out there made some apps for it, and then that was it. Like, it was always a second thought. When a game goes on to the 3DS or any Nintendo handheld, that game is considered a full-blown game. Like, it is not a second thought. It's not an accessory. The, the, the 3DS is a gaming console that has original games. Unless you're playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> so, like, but yeah, like, it's, it's an original console that is playing, you know, uh, original games. That's how Nintendo views it, and Sony really didn't view it like that, you know. Everything was, like, everything was cut rate, with the exception of Killzone Mercenaries. That's the thing, like, Killzone Mercenaries was incredible. Like I said, it was better than the Killzone that came out on the PS4. Hands down. I'd argue that with somebody. But the thing is, they, they would have had to play Mercenaries, which they probably didn't. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's just sad. Didn't, didn't we once describe the Vita as like the bling around your neck? Yeah, I did. When I was going <laughs> to PAX, yeah. Yep, yep. So rest in peace, Vita. I will, all, I will remember you. I, I, I will continue to play you, Vita, because I love you. <laughs> I need to play some Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> as the outro. <laughs> yeah, but uh, moving on to our last topic, uh, another Sony um, topic. Where uh, Yoshida, who is the um, Sony, the Sony's head for Worldwide Studios for PlayStation, he said that they didn't expect as many people would buy a PlayStation Four as they did. Which I mean, I think that has a lot. Like you know, he brought up Drive Clubs um, uh, explicitly. You know, talking about how they had to re- they needed to spend time to rewrite the server side of the game, and that would explain a lot because uh, you know Drive Club was failing. They weren't expecting the weight of that many users. What they, they said they were expecting. 
five million users. And I, be honest with you, not even five million users to buy a Drive Club, five million users to buy a PlayStation Four, and instead they got uh, seven million users. And you know, if you were if you're not expecting that many people, so you know you to to buy your console or to play your game, that would explain why uh, you know uh, Drive Club's launch was so botched because you know they just weren't prepared for it. They their numbers were way off because Drive Club was an early PlayStation game, you know. So that probably also explains the PSN outages, why it takes them so long to come back up because the infrastructure just wasn't there. I mean, at this point, I would hope that they have all that fixed. But even with the article, if you read the article, it doesn't sound like they did. Like, they're still kind of, like, catching up, and that may be a part of the Because I think when, when PSN goes down, it takes substantially longer for PSN to go down than uh, for uh, go come back up than Xbox Live. And I think it's the exact opposite over at Microsoft, where Microsoft expected so many more players. You know, they have this vast infrastructure that not a lot of people are using. Well, isn't that kind of telling? Because, I mean, coming out of the last generation, I know in, in general, we, we well, it kind of felt like Microsoft was winning and kind of Sony was on the downside, even though I think this, the sales were roughly the same, I think slightly in Sony's favor for the PS3 and the Xbox 360, right? Oh, I'm sorry, say that again, the last part? Uh, for the last generation, for the, the 360 and the PS3, the sales were, were fairly close overall for both consoles. I think it was slightly in Sony's favor. Um, by a few million, yeah. By a few million. But globally, a few million isn't that much. Well, pff, it's still a few million. <laughs> like, yeah, it's still a few million. A few but, million of anything. Unless you're dealing with billions. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it, it's a but, big deal. But I, I think that kind of speaks, though, to the general attitudes coming into this generation, that Sony was fairly humble as far as, you know, what you know, trying to cater to what people wanted. And Microsoft was like, we're going to tell you what you want because, you know, they were not humble. So. Yeah, I bit them in the ass. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Right? So, so I think Sony's, uh, you know, the, Sony has Microsoft to thank for that. You know, I think Sony has Microsoft to thank for that because that so, so Microsoft actively pushed players away. And that put, like, people who wanted to buy, who were excited for next-gen consoles, that pushed them Sony. Uh, and on top of that, I think they like you know they were victims of analysis of analysts like Mac, Michael Pactor, who were saying, "Oh, the consoles are dying. Consoles are dying. It's all about mobile." So they were like, "Okay, well, we're gonna put this console out, but we're just not gonna expect to do that great, and we'll temper our expectations and we'll plan accordingly." And just it just sold so much better that they're probably kind of changing their plans. And he brought up another point that you know uh, I hear people talking about sometimes, where it's like the Sony first-party titles really aren't shining all that great. Like I said, Killzone um, Shadowfall, I think it was called, wasn't that great. Um, probably the best first-party title they've put out so far is Infamous. But other than Infamous, like, what really do they have out in terms of first-party? And according to him, he's, he said, you know, because this console is doing so well, there are just so many more third-parties who are putting games on the console that it's outshining their first-party game. You know? And, I mean, that could be true. They can also thank Microsoft for that because my, when developers saw that people were, you know, there was a mutiny against Microsoft and people were, uh, you know, pushing to Sony, that's when they started putting Sony uh, first in their, uh, you know, their development platform. Look, look at what Activision did. Activision completely dumped Microsoft. You know? Yeah. When everything Sony, Destiny, Destiny on PlayStation 4, is the better version. I'm sorry for everybody who has it on Xbox. 
Um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's the better version. We get exclusive maps. We get exclusive weapons. Hope you guys are enjoying the Hawkmoon because, you know, fucking uh, PlayStation players had that for the whole first year. Oh, that was the that was the exclusive. Was the Hawkmoon? The Hawkmoon was a weapon exclusive. Ooh, I didn't know that. Um, there was a few multiplayer maps that were PlayStation exclusive. There was a few strikes that were PlayStation exclusive, and the dev days where the dev would play devs would play with people, all on Sony. I don't even remember. I don't remember them doing Microsoft once. Hmm. So that, yeah, that that is because Sony is the ultimate uh, Destiny experience. Yeah. <laughs> Sony is the ultimate experience for everything, it would appear. <laughs> but now you see how it's flipping, because Microsoft is really working on their... For the first time, Microsoft is working on their exclusives. You know, they, they got Tomb Raider, which is going to be good. They got Halo coming out this year. Gigantic, which is going to be a good exclusive, and that is actually cross-platform. Oh, actually, it's going to be on both Windows 10 and uh, Xbox. I don't know if it's cross, cross-platform or not, to be honest. With you. But yeah, I mean, like, Microsoft, they're, 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 they're pulling the strategy... That Sony pulled when the PS3 was doing poorly, which was give better service and then work on your first parties. Like the Sony first parties were definitely helped pull the PS3 out of the hole that it was in in the beginning. So the cycle continues. I can't wait for Microsoft to catch up to Sony. Can't wait. We're gonna see some great things happen when 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 they're both on on the set on the on a level playing field. Believe me. But yeah, yeah, Sony just wasn't expecting for this many people to, to to buy their console. And like I said, now, at this point, I think um, they should be ready. They should be prepared. Like, this holiday season, if we have another blackout, I really don't expect it for, for it to take as long to come back up. I mean, the last long PSN outage, maybe, was it in May? I can't remember. It was a day or so, I think. Like, last season, we were, like, this PSN was down for days. In the ho- during the holiday season, like right Christmas and the two days afterwards, yeah, you know, like Sony's got to get it together on that front. Microsoft is way better at bouncing back on that. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, hopefully, they they're they have uh, uh you know accepted their fate as the uh the chalice holder for now, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know they 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 beefed up their infrastructure because of it. All right, so I think that's going to bring us to the end of our, our podcast here. What do you think, Nick? I think so. I don't think there's anything else to say. Yeah, all right. Uh, what were we going to say? I was just going to say just that there's a lot of stupid people out there, apparently. Yeah, a lot of stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, the Mash Cash, you can catch us every uh, Monday. You're supposed to catch us every Monday, anyway. But every Monday, uh, you can catch the Mash Cast. Uh, you, we also have in orbit if you're into World of Warcraft. That is every other Tuesday, okay? Except something's coming up, Nick. Right? Like you're, you're taking a three week break after your next uh, WoW talk. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have the one on the twelfth, and then we're off for three weeks. We'll have a pre BlizzCon show, then BlizzCon, and then uh, then uh, we'll be back after that. Okay, so that's every other, uh, except for this, you know, this after this next one. It's going to be every other Tuesday. Uh, we have In Orbit, which is also going bi-weekly. I just don't know the schedule for it yet. Um, but In Orbit is going bi-weekly. Uh, the next In Orbit is going to be on the 12th. Um, or the 13th. I think the 12th. So uh, you can expect that then. Uh, you know, it's not like we're going to have a show next week. Not like we're, uh, we're going to have another show next week. So uh, 
Uh, you, you, you'll know for sure. But, but yeah, I believe it's on the 12th uh, for N Orbit. And then we also have um, Double Tap for Fighting Game. And uh, also, I'm sorry, N Orbit is our Destiny podcast. Maybe I should mention that part. That would be helpful. <laughs> uh, Double Tap is our Fighting Game podcast uh, for, for the Fighting Game community. And that is actually going to be on the 5th or 6th. I believe it's going to be on the 5th. So it might be the same day that you are uh, hearing this. Okay, um, so yeah, uh, if you want to catch us uh, on like your iPod, we are on iTunes, and we're also on Overwatch uh, for iOS. Over, are- Overwatch, Overcast, Overcast. God damn it! I keep saying that. <laughs> I keep saying that. Yeah, but we we are on iTunes. All of our podcasts, all of our major podcasts, are on iTunes. They're on Overcast. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. We are on Pocket Cast. We are on Player.fm. And if you have some type of weird RSS reader, uh, we do have um, a straight-up RSS feed for you to, to uh, you know, just pop in there. Uh, if you like the show, you know, please rate us. If you don't like the show, don't rate us. <laughs> just save yourself some time. <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening. As always, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. 